As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. To know your marketplace, because what happens that I see, especially with the people in my area, is they go to these national marketers and they have information that's great on a national scale, but it doesn't pertain to the local market. Best ever listeners, wouldn't it be nice to have a $2 million pre-approval line of credit Ah, just think about that. Isn't that nice? Wouldn't that be nice? How would that help you get more deals done? Because when you submit a pre-approval line of credit with your offer on a fix and flip house, do you think it's going to stand out more? I think so. And our friends at Fund That Flip, you know Fund That Flip, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show before many times. He's a friend of mine. He's also the owner of Fund That Flip and they're a sponsor of today's episode. What they're doing is they're giving a $2 million pre-approval line of credit up to $2 million pre-approval line of credit for qualified buyers. And my gosh, in this competitive buying market, sellers prefer to sell to buyers who have a high likelihood of closing, right? Makes sense. Well, use this pre-approval line of credit from Fund That Flip and that will signal to the seller that you're the real deal and you'll be able to close quickly. It's free. All you gotta do is go to fundthatflip.com. You've gotta qualify that you have prior experience and there's a process, but it's free and you need to go to fundthatflip.com to get the pre-approval line of credit because this is a way that's gonna help your short-term rehab loan happen because you're going to get the deal for the property where you need the short-term rehab loan. Go to fundthatflip.com and get that pre-approval line of credit for up to $2 million. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluffy stuff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your business forward. We've spoken to Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad, Barbara Corcoran, one of the stars on Shark Tank and many other best ever guests. And with us today, we have someone with a very interesting profession in the real estate industry. And we're going to get into that. Dot, dot, dot. There's a teaser. Yes, I know. How you doing, Barbara Grassi? Hey. Nice to have you on the show, my friend. And a little bit about Barbara, and then she's going to get into it. She is a real estate investor, speaker, 
and the founder of Aria in West Florida, specifically in Punta Gorda, Florida. But here's the thing. Here's what we're going to focus our time on today. She is also a writer and, and ghost writer for <laughs> national speakers and has written over 50 books, five zero books, ebooks, and full-blown courses. So one of the books, she's the author of Secrets of a Bird Dog. She's the author of, is this a separate book, Sell Your House Fast in the Slow Market? Are those two books? Yeah, that's a separate book. Okay. And many other books because there's about yeah. at least 48 other ones at that, least. <laughs> that she's an author of. And you can say hi to her at barbaragrassy.com. That's Barbara, G-R-A-S-S-E-Y.com. Or you can just click the show notes link. With that being said, Barbara, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Oh, sure. Uh, I started out in real estate actually as a kid. Both my parents were brokers and my dad was an investor. So I got to grow up with mom crying when the tenants trashed the house. And I, I started working in the Florida market right before the buildup. So I was buying houses, renting them out, trying to build that passive income. And of course, lost everything in the crash, which was a learning experience and a lot of fun. And about that time that everything was going to the dogs, I got a, a call from a guy named Chris Kermitzos, who had a little course on how to do auctions. And he was doing the three-day, five-day, seven-day auctions that sell houses quickly. So I did a manual for Chris, and then I got recommended to another lady who was doing eBay auctions. And my business writing for some of the speakers and national gurus was just mostly word of mouth. I got handed from one to the next, and, and within a couple of years, they would say, I need a, a manual, and somebody would say, call Barbara Grassi. So I would get calls from people I'd never heard of who were speaking nationally that said, hey, I heard you're the person to write my manual or write my book. And I'd say, well, yes, of course I am. And I would have no idea how they found me. And it turned out that it was just all word of mouth. So for the past eight to 10 years, I've been writing manuals and books for national speakers and people who want to be national speakers. But more than that, I've found that regular investors can benefit from having a small ebook or a guide on their website that they can use to build their email list. So now I'm getting more calls from people who maybe they don't want me to write a full-blown book, but they want to know how to write a book or they want to know if I can write a small book for them, an ebook for them. I love it. And this is <laughs> this is, because this is an area, you mentioned it before we started recording, so I want to mm -hmm. bring it up again because the best ever listeners should get in on this part of the conversation. And that is so many people do the same thing as everyone else from a branding standpoint, but yes. really being a thought leader in the space and having something like this of substance, not just, you know, kind of a one pager, two pager when you download it, you know, they say, get this ebook, but it's actually like, you know, a page or two, but yes. an actual book. Um, what should an investor think of when they're hiring someone like you, as far as how much does it cost? What do they need to provide you? All those details. Well, for most investors, I'm probably not the person for them. They're better off hiring somebody like from Elance, which is now Upwork or Text Broker. But here's what they should look for because, you know, I'm frightened. They don't really need me. Um, You're what? <laughs> isn't that a horrible thing to say? <laughs> you broke up a little bit. You're what? You probably said expensive. I'm, I'm a little pricey. You're pricey, so they probably, yeah, yep. They don't need me for the regular stuff, but they can go onto someplace like Upwork or Text Broker and they can have someone write anywhere from a five to 20 or 25 page special report or white paper. And on those sites, they should be paying less than $200 and on a text broker. You pay that by the word. So it might be three to five cents a word, 
and maybe you're having a, a five to 10,000 word document created. But what you want is a document that's going to appeal to the people you want to get to your site. So if you're somebody who's wholesaling and looking for people who need to sell foreclosures, for instance, you would write a guide on how foreclosures are handled in your area because every area is a little bit different. Or if you have people who get relocated, you can have a relocation guide and it doesn't have to be huge. But if it's not huge, as you said, don't call it an ebook if it's only five pages. Call it a special report, call it a guide, call it a white paper. But you don't have to pay a lot of money. And the whole goal of having something on your website is to have people give you their names and email addresses so you can follow up with them. That's the ethical bribe we all talk about in internet marketing. Mm -hmm. With less than 200 bucks, you do it on uh, find someone on Upwork or Elance or Text Broker. Right. How, what's the last project that you did and how much did you charge? <laughs> uh, the last project I did is actually a project that morphed. I did it for a client who got a returning client rate. So we were doing one course manual. He was supplying all the content. My normal price on that was 6500 and he got a returning client rate of $5,500. It will be 125 to 150 page manual by the time I'm done with the pictures and all the formatting and things like that. So not super expensive, but it's not cheap. And I'm one of the cheapest people out there, <laughs> <laughs> but not easy. And, <laughs> and literally you know, in discussions with other writers, I've realized that I'm really priced far below the marketplace, but for the average investor, they don't need to spend 5,000 or $8,000, which is my prices have headed up to the $7,500 to $8,500 range at this point. Mm -hmm. So the last guy got a break because he has done several manuals with me. And we're actually working out another deal where he's going to give me free services, but he doesn't know it yet. What about a book? How much does it cost? You can use your pricing or just how much someone can expect to pay someone for them okay. to ghostwrite a book. And will you define ghostwrite? Like what exactly that is? I write the book and they get to put their name as author. And so your, name, your name's not on it at all? My name is not on there. Now, I have ghostwritten some books where the person has said, you know, your name really should be on here. And I've declined because it's their story. However, you will see on books autobiography as told to. And then it's got the person who really wrote the book, you know, their name on it or, you know, famous person with so-and-so. So you can see that too. And, and it does happen a lot. But for me, I'm mostly in the background and I'm happy to be in the background, which is a weird thing to say because I do a lot of speaking. <laughs> they used to call me the guru's secret weapon. And uh, I, I really stayed in the background for quite a while. So for a book, it depends on what you want. I have uh, what I call an authority book or a signature book. And that is your story, if you are going to go out there and you want to be a really big muckety-muck in whatever niche or field you're in, then the authority book from me would run you about twelve dollars to $15,000. It would be probably about 175 pages. It would tell your story. It would tell your principles of whether it was investing or whatever you want to talk about. And it would be the type of book that you would have a hard copy of it, whether it's a paperback or a hardback. But you would use that to get speaking gigs, to leverage into authority circles, to sell at the back of the room if you wanted a small sale item to get people's names and addresses. And you see these authority books all the time. It's things like The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, whatever that one is. 
E-Myth, of course, is probably the be-all and end-all. So you see these authority books out there. T. Harv Ecker, uh, I think, was Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, was his authority book. And that's the type of book where those guys probably used somebody bigger than me, and they were paying probably between forty and $80,000 for that book. What's an authority book that you've written? I can't say because it was ghostwritten. Oh, got it. Got <laughs> I'm it. sorry. <laughs> what are the ethics behind that? As far as somebody if, passing off the work as their own? Yeah. It's funny because I belong to a writer's group and another writer came up with that question. It's like, well, that's not really ethical. It's absolutely ethical because, one, I know that I'm writing it for that person. That's the job. And they pay me for that. So that's just a business transaction. For what I do, the people supply their own information. They have this knowledge. It's not like I'm making it all up and just handing it to them. So ethically speaking, I'm just taking their own words and polishing them. It's not really an ethical question as far as that goes. To have their name on the cover, some people feel a little bit strange about that, and they can do an as told to or with and have my name on there. They don't have to, mm -hmm. and I really don't really need that done. Those are probably people who, who just are, are nice people, and, <laughs> the ones who do that. You mentioned that you know, they talked to you about what you'll put into it. So what is the process? If you were to do an authority book or a signature book, as you mentioned, how do you go about getting the information? My process with them is really a lot of one-on-one -on -one work. And what we do is we have initial discussions that talk about what they do, their positions on things, their process. So we'll have recorded conversations on that. And from there, I will come up with chapters and subheadings and topics that they want to talk about. And I run these by them. I say, okay, here's what I've got. What do you think about these for chapters? Does this cover everything you want? Is there anything left out? And from there, I develop a series of questions. And for that, it's really good. I mean, it's good that I have a, some knowledge of the industry, but it's also good that I'm not an expert in it because I can ask the beginner questions and the intermediate questions that people who have a really strong knowledge in a field are going to skip over. You know, when you know something inside out, you just kind of, even in a real estate meeting, you'll say, oh, we took a subject two, and then we did a wrap, and then we did this, and then we did that, and then the MAO was this, and somebody who doesn't know the lingo is lost, but you're just talking to each other, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing when I'm interviewing an expert. If he comes up with some lingo or jargon that I don't quite understand, I can break it down for people. So we do a series of interviews. And we try to break them up into two to three hours at a time. And I basically ask interview questions where I draw them out. And if I don't understand something, I'll ask them some more questions. And we get all the information recorded, usually using a, a teleconference service if we're not in person. And from there, I take the recordings. I have transcripts done. And then I start putting all the stuff together. So really, it's going to take some time, some one-on-one -on -one time, between us for me to come up with one, the questions to ask, and then to do the full interviews. And it's usually eh, anywhere from six to 10 or 12 hours of interview time. Okay. And from there, I do the writing. I send over the first draft to them. We look at whatever I've left out, whatever they wanted in that they didn't mention before. We can add pictures, we can add charts, that sort of thing. And then they tell me what they like, what they didn't like. They'll tell me if something's missing. I'll ask them if there's anything else they want in the book, and then we'll go to the final polishing. And that's when I add charts and graphs. I add all the ins and outs, table of contents, 
from there, they need to get it published. And I can give them advice on that. I'm not a publishing house, but we do give them the final draft of their book. I send them to the right people to get things published if they're self-publishing. If they have a publisher, they're usually not coming to me because publishers have their own ghostwriters for people like that. Mm-hmm. Who would you recommend to get the book published for self-publishing? For self-publishing, honestly, Create Space is about your best deal going because they are tied in directly with Amazon. And yeah, you can put your book up at Barnes and Noble, you can put your book all sorts of places, but Amazon is the 800-pound gorilla right now. So you might as well go with what's working. Mm-hmm. With the autobiography, what's the next type of book that you do? The next level down. If someone's like, "Oh man, this sounds great, but I don't have the 12K and they want to work with you because I know they could go a different route for Upwork, right. et cetera. But what's the next level down? Well, a lot of the people I work with are breaking into the speaking business or they're mentoring because a lot of times you have people who might not be out there speaking, but they're mentoring students and they're looking for a course manual and that, you know, they're working with people. They don't have anything physically to give them. I've talked to people who say, oh, I mentor students, and it's like, okay, what do you do? Well, they ask me questions, and I tell them. Well, that's great, but wouldn't it be better if you could give them some background? So I do work for people who are mentors, and that's probably the level of the $5,500 to $7,500 how-to manual. You don't have to be out there speaking. You don't have to be a household name, but if you want to be a mentor— It's a great thing to pull out a book and say, this is my book. And it's really a manual that tells how you do business. And different people do different things in real estate. I work with a guy who won't touch a foreclosure. He won't touch anything that's been through mirrors because of title problems. And I'm always saying to him, you know what? It's not a problem until the one person gets stuck. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yep, but I don't want to get stuck. And other people won't do probate. They're like, I won't do probate. I'm thinking, are you kidding? Probate's a great niche market. So different people have different things that they like to do. So the Uh, the how-to manual is the the 5,500, the 6,500, and that's roughly how long usually? It's usually about 125 pages long because when you don't read the manual cover to cover, though you could, it's a resource. It's it's a reference book. Mm -hmm. And it tells them all the how-to. If they want to read cover to cover, it's there. But for the most part, people just like to have something solid in their hands. I did um, a series of manuals for a group whose I can't reveal. And (laughs) it was a father and, and son team. And the father was kind of this old crusty curmudgeon. And he glares at me at one of our first meetings. And he says, anybody ever read the damn manual? And I, right. And, you know, he's just trying to intimidate me. And I said, no, sir, they don't. And he looks at me and I said, but they sure do like to lift it up and feel the heft. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's true. Most people don't even cut the shrink wrap off of the $3,000 package they bought. Mm -hmm. They had to go spend that money and the thing sits in shrink wrap for three years. So I actually have a thing on my website that says nobody's going to read your book and it doesn't matter. But people don't read, but they like to have it. The manual that morphed, this last one that I've been working on, is actually morphing into two manuals. And, I mean, these things are huge. They're humongous. And really, very few people are going to sit down and read them cover to cover. But they are incredible resources in how to do the marketing and how to use certain softwares. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, 
the manual doesn't have to be a spellbinder. It just has to give people the information they need. And I will say that even though people don't read the manual, your job is to make sure that they have every piece of information they need to make themselves successful. It's not your job to make them be successful. It's not your job to hold their head to it and make them read it. And it's not your job to make sure they send out the direct mails and, and respond to all the leads, but it is your job to give them the information you promised. And that's one of the big points that I like to make with my clients. You know, don't tell people that you're going to teach them how to do probate and then say, oh, I'm sorry, you have to buy my platinum plan. Right. That doesn't work for me. I don't work with those guys. Makes sense. Well, Barbara, based on your experience as a ghostwriter and as an author in real estate, what's your best advice ever for real estate investors who want to have something published? Best advice ever. Okay. Ah. Oh. That is not on the question sheet. <laughs> it's just the name of the show. <laughs> it's just implied. I know with the you interview. get the best ever listeners. Yeah. <laughs> best advice ever is to know your marketplace because what happens that I see, especially with the people in my area, is they go to these national marketers and they have information that's great on a national scale, but it doesn't pertain to the local market. So whatever you can do to differentiate yourself from all those people who are using the same, you know, we buy houses, we close quickly, we pay cash. Everyone's got the same advertising and the same thing with a book or whatever. Everyone's telling the same story. If you're a local investor, then make your book or your guide or your manual pertain to your local market because nobody's writing to your personal local market. They're all thinking they're going to be, on Shark Tank. They're not. Okay. So go local. That is my best advice for any type of real estate investing or for writing books for real estate investing. That's really interesting. That's something I hadn't thought of. All right, Barbara, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. First, a quick I'm word so from our good. best ever partners. If you're looking for funding for that fix and flip of yours, then check out Rod Stanback's company. And if you recognize Rod's name, that's because he was a guest on episode 291. His company's called Flip Funding, and they do real estate loans nationwide. Take advantage of the low rates today and the excellent customer service with Rod and his team. Go to flipfunding.com. That's F-L-I-P-F-U-N-D-I-N-G.com. Or just simply call them at 844 354 7386. That's 844-354-7386. Best ever book you've read? Uh, for business, the E-Myth, ever book ever, ever. I have no idea. I love books. I read them all the time and I will keep reading them till the day I die. Best ever personal growth experience. What'd you learn from it? Anytime I don't get something that I want is a great growth experience because then I have to go back and analyze what I did wrong and make sure I can correct it in the future. Best ever deal you've done? It's not the biggest deal I've done, just so you know. But I picked up a VA foreclosure for 5000 down, which was borrowed money from a private lender. I put less than 1000 into the cleanup, and I, I rented it within two weeks. I had an older couple stay there. They paid the rent on time every month, but they made me come collect it. And when I come collect it, they would offer me soft drinks, and they'd make <laughs> me cookies, and they'd give me small appliances. And three years later, they moved out. And I sold the house at the top of the market to a real estate agent who had betrayed one of my friends who was dating her. So he got stuck with a market 
top of the market <laughs> price deal. My girlfriend who got shafted by him got to go ha 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 and I made a ton of money. <laughs> What'd you sell it for? Uh, I think I bought it for like 85 or 90. I think I sold it at 150, two and a half, three years later. Wow. Everybody won. Except for the guy who shouldn't have won. And he shouldn't have. That's so fun. Exactly. <laughs> What's the best ever way you like to give back? There's an organization called smiletrain.org. And they go into basically third world countries. There are kids who are born with cleft palates. And to fix that is about $250. It's like 250 bucks, right? That's like lunch for you. And, you know, it's a pair of shoes for me. So... They go in and they fix cleft palates and the difference it makes in that kid's life because if they're left with that cleft palate, they're basically shunned by the community. They can't ever do anything with their lives. So they fix the cleft palate and the kid can go on and have a normal life for $250. That's like a deal. Mm -hmm. I'm familiar with that organization. Definitely a great cause. What's the mm -hmm. biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, we have a saying in my house. It's no good ever comes out of the back end. Doing deals where someone's going to pay you on the back end, where you're doing all the upfront work. No, nothing good comes out of the back end. Get your money. Make sure you're, if you're not getting your money up front, make sure that you're controlling the deal and you're controlling the money. I have learned that the hard way. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? Oh, barbagrassi.com or on Facebook where it's uh, Barbara Grassi, probably the book boss, I think it's called. Awesome. Well, Barbara, thank you for being on the show. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, thank you. I mean, one of the reasons is I'm, I, I have my first book coming out Yay. later this month or early July. And I know that anybody who has a book that they publish, they're going to benefit tremendously. It really is a check the box thing. Mm -hmm. at least your first one perhaps it's, the subsequent ones aren't but the first one to to just establish yourself as a thought it leader it sets you totally apart from the crowd it just puts you up above everybody else yeah and my gosh have something printed too if you're going to do a book in my opinion just go get it published where you're actually getting physical copies because there is something from a, a perception standpoint of, of having that versus just making an ebook because there's really not a whole lot of steps to go from the ebook to actually physically printing it. And you sell more ebooks when you have a hard copy because the ebook has more legitimacy. There you go. I didn't know that, but I'm going to roll with it. And thank you for teaching me a new phrase, crusty curmudgeon. 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 Yes. That is a new phrase I've never heard of. <laughs> I've heard of crusty, but not of curmudgeon. Um, He's so, a curmudgeon. Yeah. Thank you. Of course, a writer is going to teach me new words on the show. So thanks so much <laughs> for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. If you're looking for funding for that fix and flip of yours, then check out Rod Stanback's company. And if you recognize Rod's name, that's because he was a guest on episode 291. His company's called Flip Funding, and they do real estate loans nationwide. Take advantage of the low rates today and the excellent customer service with Rod and his team. Go to flipfunding.com. That's F-L-I-P-F-U-N-D-I-N-G dot com or just simply call them at 844-354-7386. That's 844-354-7386.